you're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer. This is episode three. I'm your host, Melody Spencer, and I am super excited to have Jasmine Ivy here today. Um, I told her before we started, I kind of have a coach crush on her. She's been um, this amazing piece of inspiration for me in the past year, and I just love her energy and love the amazing things she's doing for women, especially spiritual women in the business world. So I'm so excited to have her here. Jasmine, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. That was so nice. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's all true. So (laughs) could you tell the listeners a little bit about you in case they have not come across you yet in the online space? All right. Well, like she said, I'm Jasmine Ivey. I'm a law of attraction coach for spiritual women entrepreneurs. Um, My main focus is I help women develop their feminine energy and kind of mix that with their masculine energy, um, which is what we've built, most of us have built our businesses in. Um, And this allows them, one, to reach a financial place of abundance that most of them have never done before, um, but also have a lot of fun. Um, When you bring in the feminine energy, for most women, that's going to feel a whole lot more authentic, a whole lot more fun, and it's usually going to speak um, more ideally um, to that client that you've kind of been dreaming of working with. So that's a little bit about what I do. And um, as far as me, I am based in Louisville, Kentucky. I have a beautiful husband, a son, and a daughter on the way. And uh, yeah, I'm just thrilled to be here. Thank you, Melody. Hey, this is awesome. So give us a little backstory into your journey as to how you came to be the coach that you are. I know you have quite a story, so <laughs> I'd love for you to share that. <laughs> I do have quite a story. It's, it's, it's a funny story. It's sort of, I always say it's, a, I took a meandering path and that's, <laughs> I've been saying that for years. So practically whatever I was doing, it was some sort of weird way I got there. Um, I have a background in marketing. I, I worked in marketing for about 16 years. Um, and, you know, throughout that time, I always had, I dipped in and out of entrepreneurial life. I am the, the sort of quintessential entrepreneur. Um, it wasn't necessarily the thing that I was doing. It was entrepreneurship that I was drawn to. Um, and so for me, you know, I spent a lot of years feeling like I was a failure because I kept trying things that didn't work. And a lot of women, when they hear that, um, breathe this huge sigh of relief because um, we, our society sort of um, reinforces how great it is when you turn a passion into a business. But if your your passion is business, um, you end up looking like a little bit scatterbrained. And that's how I felt for a lot of time. Um, and I ended my, my traditional career in Silicon Valley. And um, I was, you know, a marketing exec there. And it was just very, very um, pressure filled and stressful and, um, unkind in a lot of ways. Um, certainly didn't include any of that feminine energy that I had started to understand was so sorely missing in my life. Um, and yeah, so I, you know, I ended my career there and I sort of walked away from that and just sort of said, um, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. And, 
Um, you know, I always say about this business that it was the first time in my life where one, it felt super, super fun. And I trusted that for the first time, but also, um, it was the thing I was not going to give up on. This was the thing that, um, it wasn't, Oh, I hope it'll work or will this work? Or what if this doesn't work? Um, this was the thing I approached with an entirely what at the time was new energy for me, which was, um, this is the thing that I'm going to make work. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. So what was the point where you just said enough is enough, I'm going to go do my own thing? Like what, mm -hmm. what was the main breaking point, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, I think there were miniature versions of that all throughout that time. You know, I would, I, I sort of had a history of I would do extremely well in, in my traditional career. Um, you know, I always rose really quickly and, you know, all the things, right? Um, but I, I always, you know, I would spend a few years at some company or whatever I was doing and I would just say, I can't do this. And I would walk away and I would do some entrepreneurial venture for a short time that I would then deem a failure and then I would go back into the traditional world. It was like, like this just continual cycle mm. of um, I can't take it let me try this and then failure. That's how I would have said it at the time. Um, but the, the main, obviously there was a main breaking point and that really came, you know, in Silicon Valley. I had, so I lived in Portland, Oregon. Silicon Valley is obviously located in San Francisco. So I spent a, a week out of every month flying there or, or, or being there. And then I worked remotely. So as far as Silicon Valley gigs, it was pretty sweet, but, um, it was still stressful. <laughs> it was still yeah. terrible. And, um, and so my very last trip there, I didn't know it was my last trip at the time, but my last trip there, um, there was this very strange thing where I got into, I, I landed at the airport and I was headed, um, it was the morning I was headed to work and, um, my ride share car showed up. It matched everything on my phone and, and, you know, he knew my name and I got in, um, and it turned out that um, he was like a fake rideshare <gasps> person, and um, he—I don't—I still don't understand all the ways that this has happened. That's um, crazy. It was very crazy, and and the only way I knew is that my actual driver called me and he said, "Jasmine, I'm here. You know, where are you?" And I said, "What do you mean? I'm I'm in the car." And um, he said, "What do you mean?" And he sort of understood really quickly what was happening. And, and I sort of laughed because I didn't, it was just the last thing I expected that, 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 you know, something terrible was happening to me. Yeah. And then the driver of the car I was in says, give me your phone. And it hit me really hard what was happening. And I still didn't fully, like, I didn't know, is this, is this someone just trying to steal my phone or rob me or, or worse? Right. Like I didn't know yeah. exactly happening and I still don't like I just don't know exactly what he had in mind um all I knew is like everything sort of went through my head at that moment of you know I had a very brand new child new son um you know a wonderful husband and I thought you know oh my gosh what if what if they never like what if something happens to me and they don't know they never know what happened to me um and you know the thing that hit me really hard at the time was I'm here because of this stupid effing job. <laughs> That's what hit yeah. me really hard. Um, and I had never really internalized how much I resented that until that moment. Like I could lose everything that actually mattered because I was here in this, you know, place. 
um, that I didn't even want to be. And I kind of, you know, in the backseat, I think I went from human to tiger. And I just was, you know, I just started yelling and like pull over. And it was just this big, huge thing. And my actual driver stayed on the phone um, and asked me to tell him everything I was seeing. So my driver that was driving the car realized, obviously, that um, someone knows. Someone knows what we are. <laughs> yeah, um, he's screwed. Yeah. Yeah. And so he just eventually pulled over and I got out and my driver, I managed to talk him to, my real driver managed to talk him to me and um, he was really, really sweet to me and, you know, eventually I got to work. But I remember walking into work that day um, and it was different. I knew that it was, I, I, it, everything had changed and, um, you know, it was just for me, I still don't exactly know what the heck you know, was, was yeah. going to happen. I don't know. Um, thankfully I don't know. And, um, but it was enough for me to realize like, you know, anything can happen to you at any moment. And, you know, like our lives are designed to be, you know, we're meant to be invested in the things that matter. And, you know, if something happens to you, the last thing you want is to have that thought go through your mind of, I can't even believe I'm here. Like, why am I even here? And, um, you know, and so that really drove it home for me. So I didn't know when I landed that that was my, my last trip, but it, but it was, and I was, I was done at that point. And within, you know, just a few weeks of that, I put in my resignation and, and I was done. That is crazy. Like I have chills. That's the craziest story. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm so glad you're okay. Like, thank you. Yeah, me too. Insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, I said, I really, you know, what, what really was what was going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, so when did you kind of realize you had spiritual gifts, and how did you decide to marry those with your business ideas? Yeah. So. In, in the woo world, we talk about it as waking up. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the best way to describe it, right? So the first time that it happened, I think there's a part of me that always knew. I think a lot of people will say that there's this part of me that knew. But I didn't have a lot of, ex I didn't have experiences too much as a child. I mean, I had some, but it wasn't like, you know, you hear other people who, you know, they've been talking to people in their bedrooms at night their whole lives. That was not me. Um, but in around 2005-ish, um, there was a lot of stuff going on in my life. I was sort of at the end of my first marriage. And um, one day, I always say I woke up on a Tuesday. <laughs> I woke up on a Tuesday, and I, it was just very sudden. It was like waking up with an extra sense um, and just being acutely aware of something I didn't have the I didn't even have the vocabulary really for what what it was but I, I was acutely aware that I had awoken to something and that something changed the way I saw everything so I didn't realize at that time until that time that I was at the end of my marriage but it was like waking up and seeing how out of alignment everything was and um this sort of triggered the end, of, the long end, I mean, it was like a year later, um, of, of that marriage. And it was mainly because I had awoken to being able to see things differently, um, being able to see alignment, being able to sense energy, being able to sense that I was out of sync. Um, and 
it was all very scary though, having the abilities open up and having all these weird things happen. And so while I did exit that marriage and, and moved on in my life, I sort of fought those abilities being open and eventually they just kind of, I went back to sleep effectively. Mm. And so it was years later, I almost went back to sleep and then just kind of pretended that that didn't exist. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that didn't happen. I just, I left my marriage, but that all the rest of that stuff, that was just, you know, whatever. Um, and so when this whole thing in Silicon Valley happened, I was already, I had been studying the law of attraction for a long time. The, the wonderful thing about the law of attraction is it makes such logical sense that you can kind of pretend that it isn't woo. And that's what I did for a really long time. Um, and I got to a point where you go too far into the, to the LOA and you can't avoid the woo. Um, and so I kind of got to that point when I was in Silicon Valley. So there was, you know, all the actual stuff that was happening, like, you know, potentially being kidnapped and all the things, but also there was something waking up in me that was different from what had woken up before. It was, it was an awareness of what was missing, um, an awareness of, I had been living in the world in a very sort of one dimensional way. And I was waking to the fact that there was so much more than that. And so when I left, I started to really explore that. I think, I think anytime you have something traumatic or really eventful like that happen, it's like you shift. There's just, you just do. And, and so I wanted to know what else there was. Um, you know, I wanted to know what else is there in the world, you know? And so I started to study it in a more serious way than I ever had. It had been almost like a hobby before, you know? Yeah. And I was doing consulting because like, that's what you do when you come out of Silicon Valley. <laughs> that's, that's like the thing, you know, you go into consulting because of course you're a Silicon Valley exec. Everybody wants to work with you. Um, but they all want you to do consulting. And so I was doing that. And I mean, it was like, it was fine, but it was more of the same. It was, it was still that same old crap basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and so by the end of that year, you know, I did that for a few months. I was like, I don't know, at that place where you're like, eh, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, mm -hmm. um, it was just so empty. And that was the pervasive feeling after that sort of weird kidnapping <laughs> incident is that, <laughs> that what I had previously, you know, not even noticed. Now it felt empty. Mm. Now I could tell when thing, you know, when, when there was no real substance to the thing that I was doing, you know, I was doing marketing and I was doing all the things that I was quote unquote supposed to do, but it felt like I'm not doing anything in the world. You know, I'm not doing anything with my life, yeah. you know, and now I knew. Um, and so over the holidays that year, um, you know, I, obviously I had time away from, from all the, all the work and I was spending time with my family and it was just this great thing. And I came back and something in me just decided I'm going to do this. I'm going to integrate, um, you know, all these, these skills that I already have, right. Marketing and business. And, you know, I'm great at that. I know mm -hmm. I can do that. Um, but I'm going to do it in a way that pretty much nobody else does. And at that time you didn't hear of spiritual business coaches that did not exist at that time um people didn't even know what the law of attraction was when i first started using the term woo no one knew what that meant no one I, every post i ever used it in i would have 
endless comments of people asking me what that meant. Yeah. And so, you know, it was this weird thing um, that at first people scoffed at, (laughs) and then they started to listen. And I knew even when people were still scoffing, (laughs) it felt unlike anything had ever felt before. And it didn't feel empty and it felt really fun. And I, I just, for the first time ever, I said, you know what, I'm going to trust this. Yeah. And, um, here we are, (laughs) right? (laughs) How did your husband and your family, like, how did they react to this? Were they like totally on board or were they like, you're doing what? with the what? Like, what? You know what I mean? Like, my, um, my husband, um, you know, has always just been this most, this just incredible person who has followed me on so many adventures. While this is, this is definitely off the beaten path, (laughs) what people expect. Um, I had, I had done so many things. I mean, I had, I had jumped into so many entrepreneurial ventures. I had left jobs that, you know, the outside world was like, what, you know? Um, and you know, he, he just has had a faith in me in a way that I didn't, you know, mm. I mean, that's the best thing about having a really good partner is they fill in that gap of belief in you, even when you can't carry it yourself. Yeah. And he is so much that. Um, so I'm very lucky in that department. And that has helped me, you know, help me have courage to do things. Um, but yeah, I mean, my family, I think, <laughs> still doesn't get this. Um, it's hard, right? I mean, especially like, you know, people are parents age. This is this is not just weird out in the yeah. world right now. It's weird to them, right? <laughs> it's not just, <laughs> oh, you're leaving your cushy job. It's oh, are you a witch? Like, <laughs> you're like, no, no. I'm, yeah, I get that. It's Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, in some cases I have clients who the answer to that would have been yes. Um, yeah. you know, and you know, I, I feel like I've always had, I, I've always had parents who said you can do whatever you, you decide to do. And, you know, at first I think they were very scared. Um, they were very scared, you know, Um, And then a few months into my business, my husband, uh, we were moving and my husband left his job without an intention to, to go back into his industry. His industry was mental health. So he was thrilled to leave that industry, Um, you know, and, and he started working for my company too. And so now not only, you know, is Jasmine over here doing the weird woo stuff, the whole family is being (laughs) quiet. (laughs) So I think our families were very nervous, you know, um, yeah. as a parent, they just want you to be okay, you know, and, yeah. um, especially from that generation, they oh, yeah. just want you to be okay. It's not even about happiness. It's about being okay. Yeah. Um, you know, but honestly, a few, um, months ago, um, you know, I'd been doing this for a long time and I think my family started to see like, this is okay. Like they're really doing it. Um, And, you know, there was outward signs of our standard of living changing tremendously. And I think they realized, you know, this is, this is a real thing. Um, And I've been sustaining it for so long. And my mom said, we were walking through a store and she said, um, she said to me, you've been working toward this for a really long time and you finally did it. Wow. And I was like, that was so insightful, you know, for her to realize that despite the fact that many people would have looked at my journey and said, oh, she just jumped from one thing to another and she quit all these jobs and, you know, 
but she saw how there was a thread of this that I was that I was heading toward my whole life really that's amazing yeah yeah wow so once you started how did you get to the point that you are at now because you're you know people may not know you're very successful you have amazing clients you're making good money how did you get from hey I'm gonna be a spiritual entrepreneur coach to where you are now yeah well so I mean it's really easy to tell the story as from from right when I launched but the truth is and this is true for a lot of people and 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 if someone out there is listening and you know they've just started things what I want you to know is you've probably been working toward this a really long time Mm -hmm. and so I definitely had so all of the experiences you know, in the different businesses I had and, and the, also in the traditional jobs that I had, they added up to this. And I, and I leaned on those experiences and those skills going into this. And so, you know, I had 16 years of experience in marketing. And so, you know, people, a lot of people, I've had people actually say to me, you know, it's like you were an overnight success. And I said, yeah, I was 16 years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I think one of the things that is lacking in a lot of entrepreneurs, especially because people see, you know, they see outward success, um, you know, and they think, oh, I I can have that right away. And I'm not saying that you can't, you know, have your really quick success. But the truth is, outward success is a reflection of a lot of inner work, Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of behind the scenes things that you didn't see. And so for me, you know, people say, how did you, you know, do this? Because about four months into my business, I began having five-figure months. Um, and that's very quick <laughs> for a lot of people. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I had been, it's almost like I'd been training for this for a long time. And so one of the things I think is missing for a lot of people is patience um, and the willingness to decide, you know, if this is the thing that lights you up and you're seeing people, um, you know, be inspired by you and motivated by you, whether they're paying clients or not, and this is, this is the thing, then decide that this is the thing and, and make this happen. And if you are not willing to put in the time to make that happen, then, then it's not your thing. And that's okay. But understand that, <clears throat> this was not going to fail. <laughs> I was, this just wasn't going to fail. I was going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so inspiring. I f- I'm like, Oh, okay. I feel like I'm getting a free coaching session right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Yeah. So for those of you who are not um, technically or don't feel like you understand what law of attraction is and woo, can you give like a little definition of what that is for them and how they might be able to like awaken those senses or those intuitive abilities or something like that? Yeah. So law of attraction, you often hear, the definition you usually hear is that thoughts become things. So basically the the basic, basic definition is that what you think about becomes your reality. Um, I really like, um, I've kind of developed a more in-depth definition than that, and that's that your thoughts become the things, but your emotions fuel that journey, and then your belief systems actually sort of build the road for you to get where you are, from where you are to where you're going. Mm -hmm. And so, 
our a belief really influences what we see in our reality. And all a belief is, is a thought we think again and again and again. And so the only thing that keeps us thinking that thought is our ability to have emotional discipline. So if, if you're wanting to become really successful in your industry um, and you, you've spent time thinking about what that looks like, but then you're always thwarted by, oh, well, I don't know how to make it happen. It'll never happen to me. Why will, do I deserve that? Who am I to do that? having the emotional discipline to sort of rein in and understand that those thoughts are just thoughts. You can change them anytime you want. You can choose the thoughts you think and that's how they become belief systems and that's how they become reality. And, and so what it really comes down to is yes, your thoughts will create your reality, but if you aren't willing to create the emotional discipline that guides those thoughts, then you're just at the whim of whatever thoughts happen. And we all know, like, we have crazy thoughts all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So emotional discipline is key to um, using the law of attraction and to making your thoughts turn into reality. Um, woo, I would, I would describe that more as um, <clears throat> something beyond our sort of three-dimensional world. So we all know sight and smell and, and all, the, all the normal senses, right, that we call, um, that, you, that you read in your science books or whatever, mm -hmm. but there are things beyond this. And being able to access those is something that is a, a divine right of, for all of us. Um, it, and it's not something that is any less real than those other senses. It's just that um, the things that kept us safe way back when we were at, like, in caves, writing on cave walls, mm -hmm. but using the senses that, that we now identify most, right? These are our masculine energy senses. These are the things that kept us safe in circumstances where we were continually in danger. But these days, thankfully, most of us are not, or at least most of us probably listening to this, are not regularly in mortal danger. And so the feminine energy side of things are the senses beyond what we traditionally know. So that's second sight or, you know, telepathy or all the things, right? All the things that, um, <clears throat> that people hear about. And these are things that you can develop through, honestly, just opening yourself up to the possibility that they're real and studying them. Honestly, if you go out there and you start studying the law of attraction, you start studying angels or guides or whatever you're drawn to, um, this is a big sign to, the, to something greater than us that, hey, She's interested. She's available to this. And that's really how you start it. There's no trick to this. There's nothing special. You don't have to be born psychic to be able to develop these. You just have to be available to them. Yeah, that, that's really interesting to know because I think a lot of people have a misconception about it and think that it's like, oh, it's almost like the X-Men, like you're born with a special power. Like it's not Right. Yeah. And, and some people are, I mean, some people, you know, their family lineage is, has had this. Um, I have, um, there's a one part of my family that, that definitely has this going back several generations. Um, and so, you know, that, that explains why this kind of came to me really strongly. But remember, I was really um, deep in studying the law of attraction. It's not, I wasn't just walking through my life. I was starting to really pay attention to these things. And that's a big sort of red, red flag for the, the divine to say, hey, wait a minute, this person is actually available to this. This person is opening their mind to this. Yeah, that's really interesting. So 
I know you have several programs, but I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your Women of Woo program and how much that means to you and what that looks like for people who might be interested in working with you. Yeah, so Women of Woo, uh, it's just, it's a program of my heart. It's, um, it's a high-end mastermind specifically for women entrepreneurs who are interested in developing um, both that feminine and masculine uh, energies, both sides of that, and wanting to use them to then create what I call an energy-first business. And what this means is that you're being, while you're, you're still using masculine energy, we are still using strategy. We're not sitting around a campfire singing kumbaya, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> but we have steeped the woo or the law of attraction or however you want to think of it into the sort of foundation. And that means that everything you do serves the world and also serves you. Um, we, and we are able to then create great impact as well as um, great financial abundance. And so we're always wanting to balance both because particularly women, although I am sure this is true for men, whether they admit it or not, um, building a business that really only gives you back money is such an empty thing. Mm, yeah. And being able to create significant impact and see the see that go on and on through your clients or your customers. It's such a special thing. And so that's really what we're focused on in Women of Woo. And it's a six month mastermind and we do, we explore both sides of it. We do tons of strategy in your business, but we also um, really explore your woo and, and focus um, on how to open those gifts up and, and how to work those into your business. Whether you're wanting those to be something you sell as a service or not. About half of the women in my groups um, sell these things as services as they develop them, but half of them don't. It just becomes something that serves them and that allows them to, um, it really just enriches their offers. They're not necessarily selling Oracle readings or something. Yeah. Um, and my goal with Women of Woo is really a bigger goal than just to help these women develop the, these skills. My goal is to change the way business works because I, for so many years, um, was a product and a casualty of how business uh, runs. And I think we can really significantly impact the world when we allow women to understand that they can create financial resources for themselves in a way that serves them. Um, I believe in women a lot. I believe women can change the world. And so that's really part of, part of what I do, I'm doing with that. And I've seen that. I have a client who a little over a year ago was nearly homeless with her new son and now um, creates consistent five-figure months. Um, wow. I've had clients who struggled to meet, you know, three or four K a month and started hitting 11 and 12 K uh, months. You know, I've had clients go from struggling to offer services at all for like 200 bucks and, and within six months by the end of their mastermind, they were selling things at six and seven K and they were selling out. Um, and this is really cool and shiny, but also look what this does for them and their families. Yeah. And it creates the abundance for them. It creates stability for them. And this allows them to put their energy into really good things. Yeah. And so my goal is to work with really good people and do really good things, all of us. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, I love that it's about empowering women to do things to help other women and other people. It's not just about, hey, look, I made money. I think that's, again, that's so different. You're doing things so differently. And I love that. 
Thank you. Yeah, it's a it's a really, really special program. We have such a high renewal rate too that um, you know we our next our next round is coming up in July, but it will sell out this month. Um, I sell out at least two months in advance every round. And um, it's a really spectacular just incubator because you're in there with these women who they really understand at this point the value of putting their energy into energy and, and doing things differently and really becoming the thing that they want to see in the world. And then they attract goodness to them. It's really inspiring. Wow. So if anyone wants to join your program or get in touch with you, how would they do that? Yeah, so my website is jasmineivy.com. If you want to know specifically about women of woo, you can go to jasmineivy.com forward slash women of woo. Women is plural with an E. Um, you can also check me out on Facebook. I have this amazing group of women. Um, it's called Reinvention Queens. It's a free group. I do tons of trainings in there. Um, it's just a really good group. You know, people promote themselves, but they do it in such a beautiful way. It is not at all a spammy group. It feels very supportive. And um, it's just an amazing thing to see a bunch of women coming together, supporting one another, giving each other really good, solid advice when they need it, and just, you know, helping each other rise. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. That's how I first came in contact with Jasmine. And it's a very different Facebook group. Like it's very supportive, has good energy. And it just, it feels like you're in like a sisterhood, not a spammy business group. So. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. And you know, my, my clients call each other sisters. So it's funny you said sisterhood. Sisterhood. <laughs> I unexpectedly found is my superpower, really creating space for women to feel, feel that sisterhood. And again, we've been missing that for a long time. Yeah, you know? I would agree with that. I think I, I said that with another interview today that like, I'm tired of this whole comparisonitis uh, competition with other women in business. Like we just need to be a sisterhood of women who are helping each other, lifting each other up and wanting the best for all of our businesses, not trying to grab each other's clients and all that junk. Exactly. Connection over, over competition. Yeah. That's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jasmine. I just loved this conversation and I think that the listeners will get as much out of it as I did. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.